Spain, what are you doing? Absolutely, what are you doing? Two days before the World Cup, and you just inject crisis into your team's veins. This is unprecedented. This is so unprecedented in World Cup history. There's been some bad managerial stuff we've alluded to before in this podcast, but this is incredible. This is really incredible what's happening. We're going to get into this right now. I'm a bit Malik. Joined by Austin Miller. I don't know why I'm host wanting this, but we're here. No, sure, whatever. We're here for this. Admit, this is World Cup after dark. Yeah. And this World Cup just went after dark before it even started. Yeah, so Spain fired their manager two days, two days before this whole thing started. Spain, one of the most stable teams yeah. in, the, in the World Cup, just won one recently, and they were just like, nah. We're just gonna we're just gonna mess but, but this wait, whole wait, thing. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not just nah, nah, it's, it's not like the players revolted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The players were like, no, 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 no. Let's not yeah. do so this. So let's 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 before we just keep talking about it without talking about it, we can say what happened. So their manager, and now I'm just gonna, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll do the presentation. I'm really here. excited that he kind of got fired because I was gonna struggle with this all tournament. Right and now, he's done. this yeah. is the only day I gotta talk about <laughs> it. But okay, go ahead. Uh, Julian Lopetegui. Manager, undefeated with Spain, yeah, takes the Real Madrid job. That came out of nowhere to he a lot of people. He took it on Tuesday. Took it on Tuesday, and it was under the impression that he would take over after the World Cup. He would fulfill yeah. his obligation with Spain. He had signed a contract with Spain extending, but then liked the Real Madrid job. That yeah. came out of left field for everybody, and, but he and, took the job, and it was like, all right, fine. And that job okay. was open because Zinedine Zidane, uh, a big fan of him, won three Champions Leagues and just decided to call it quits. Well, figured, look, the game's he not going to get It doesn't higher. get better than that. So the job was open. Uh, Julian Lopetegui. There we go. There we okay, go. He, he, he takes the job. And this is so infuriating to the president of the Spanish FA, Luis Rubiales, that he leaves where the vote is happening for the 2026 World Cup. Leaves overnight to the Spanish trading camp. Spain trading the camp. The Spaining camp. Ah, words. The Spain trading camp in Russia and fires him on the spot and brings in Fernando Hierro, who I think is the least qualified manager at the World Cup in a long time. The Serbian manager hasn't managed at all either. Oh, that's that's a good point. To be fair to Fernando Hierro was a very, very good player. I mean, like, yeah. what are you supposed to do at this I mean, point? who's available, yeah. Right, you have so, to have somebody who's worked with the players before. This is just a complete injection of dysfunction for Spain when it was really and, unnecessary. And it really was just because Rubiales and I'm sure other people in the Spanish FA, like higher-ups, yeah. were just slighted yeah, by dude, what... Swallow your pride. You have a chance to win a World Cup. With a very good manager who clearly has done perfectly yeah. with your team. And the players liked him. Yeah, and, and they wanted him to stay. They were like, like they no, no, we're, we're fine that he's leaving to Madrid. Like, we're, out, we're all fine with it. The Madrid players were great, were happy, yeah, jovial, yeah. even. And they're like, no, like, we're you leave, we're going to bring in this guy... So this dude, Fernando Hero, uh, very good player with Real Madrid. Played for, for Bolton. Played once. for Bolton 29 times in his last year of his career. So this is his coaching career. Uh, he was an assistant at Real Madrid for one year nice. in 2014. Good then start. he went to Oviedo sure. in uh, the second division of Spain, the Segunda start B. Start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. He did not make the playoffs. Ah. In the second division. See it. So they couldn't get promoted. So this very good manager, supposedly, 
could not get promoted from the second division in Spain, and one year later is now managing the national team ahead of the World Cup. On two days' notice. On two days' notice. This is wild. So, what they've been saying, like, they're saying all the right stuff. He's like, we're not here to, like, mess anything up. We don't want to touch anything that's been happening like we're just we're just gonna let them play. You, you know you know the best way to do that. Don't fire yeah, your manager please. two days before the World Cup. Look, here's my question: Can we have two Frances at a World Cup? Because Spain, Spain France, right? This is Spain are doing stuff. their best to France right now, and France are like that's the Spider-Man meme. France are looking <laughs> at it, pointing like, at each other. Wait a minute, you're me. Yeah, this is France is gonna be good now. I think is, I think France is off the hook for now. France must be so happy. Yeah. they must be looking across Russia like. Didier Deschamps has a big glass of white wine right now, just like Spain. So does Here's so does you. Brazil. So does Germany. They yeah. must be so happy. Yeah. Look, this could be nothing. I mean, it's not going to well, be nothing. It's not going to be nothing. But the the thing is, the players have been on record saying this doesn't affect them. Right. The team is good. Like they they're still very good. The question is, how much of what Julian Lopetegui does on the touchline? Can't be replicated. Right. And also, this is just seems and feels completely unnecessary to me. Again, it may have an effect on Spain. It may not. We won't know that <coughs> until we actually get into looking at the World Cup. But, I mean, come on. This is not the best move you could have made at this point. Let's be very yeah. frank here. And there was, no, there was no need to, which is the thing. And... They just did it anyway because I, I think they were they wanted to prove that no one person was bigger than the Federation. You know what? I get that, but I feel like in doing this, like you you just proved he was. I mean you can flame him yeah. on the way out. Yeah, exactly. After the World Cup. Especially if, if you lose especially yeah. if he loses, like really go ahead and flame him. But, but I think you have to stand back and understand the best thing for Spain at this World Cup is not to fire their manager two days before their first game. Yeah. And now Spain Portugal is a hilarious match. Because Spain yeah. is no manager, and Portugal is dealing with their own thing where five of the sporting players yeah. have canceled their contract with their team. Also, their entire back line just <laughs> can't run. Which I mean, might make Pepe it and Bruno Alves are like 100, yeah. so that's that's rough. I just, uh, I don't know. For, you don't expect this from Spain. Like you said, so composed. They had that stretch from 2008 to 2012 where they lifted three major tournaments, tr- three major trophies in four years, two Euros and a World Cup. They flamed out of the 2014 World Cup and had a respectable performance at the 2016 Euros. You don't expect this type yeah. of stuff from them. And, the, and the, here they are. The other thing that was weird about it is Rubiales said, we didn't know until five minutes before yeah, that's Lopetegui tough. took the job. So that, to me, that doesn't look good on you either. What, yeah. what type of president of the FA are you if your manager is just taking jobs without you knowing? Yeah, did Lopetegui think he was just going to, like, slide this on? Yeah. Like, yeah, they won't read the news. They won't yeah. read the news. Don't worry. After the World Cup, yeah. they'll be like, oh, I didn't know you agreed to that. I, also, yeah. also, what's the motivation for Lopetegui to take this job before the World Cup? I don't, why, even if he took it, why'd you just not say anything? Right. I mean, it probably yeah. is going to leak out at some he, point. Hero ended his time. press conference by saying, I would sign for it, quote, I hope so, about if you would take Zidane as Spain's next permanent coach. I think the best scenario is Zidane and Lopetegui just flip-flop. Also, Zidane shows up tomorrow and is like, I'm yeah. coach. And, then, and you know what? The players would love it. Yeah. They'd win. Would it work? I, I don't know. I mean, and then, But then Spain would have to play France at some point. Well, sure. And Zidane could maybe switch at halftime to could, France. Could Zidane could also be the next French coach because Didier Deschamps oh, yeah. is probably not going to be yeah. there much longer. Didier Deschamps is 
pretty much winner, he's out. I think. Yeah. Uh, he's he's got he's got a. How many other managers have that this World Cup? You think Jeremy I mean, Jogi Low if they don't win? No, no, no. He's, he's, he's got he's, he's got a lot of security. He's there forever. Um, uh, you know Tite. Cheech is gonna be there as long as there's no desperately bad. Performance, um, yeah, he'll be there for for a while. What, what about Argentina? So I think, I think has he's got a lot of pressure. Of, he does, but also he didn't take over with much time left in qualification, and so I think there's an understanding that look, just don't make a complete fool of us. Again, we'll wait, build wait a from knockout there. game, and yeah, we'll probably get to fine. the quarterfinals, get the out of the group, and, and it'll be okay. I mean, there's a lot of managers under that situation. Australia's managers. There's a lot there of hot seats for the World Cup. Yeah, there's a lot of situations like that where it's kind of what Carlos Queiroz might be out of Iran after this world. You know, there's a lot of situations like that. <coughs> but I'm sure that uh, the Panama manager... Um, Pinto? A boy? No, 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 it's not him. Uh, it's the dude that coached Ecuador and Colombia. Yeah, Hernan Dario Gomez. Yeah, Hernan Dario Gomez. He's definitely not staying with Panama after this. I think he's going to get a better job and also not have to replace seven 30-year-old players in yeah, his squad. I, th- I think that's what he wants to do. I mean, he's probably just going to find an even harder country to take to the World Cup somewhere mm-hmm. in the Americas. I don't Aruba? Barbados? I don't know, man. Could, yeah, could. Could, could do it. All right, final thing on Lopetegui. The rest of the show, we're going to talk about the 2026 World Cup, which was awarded today and maybe overshadowed by the Lopetegui news. And then we're going to preview Russia, Saudi Arabia. We didn't expect to be doing a show today. We weren't planning on yeah, doing a show we- today. And then I woke up, and not only does the country I live in getting to host a World Cup, but Spain just flamed their own World Cup chances. So you got to do it. Yeah, it was emergency after dark. We had to do it. We'll probably record again Thursday. Yeah, we'll be back again and tomorrow. And then maybe we'll Saturday. See we'll yeah, see from we'll there. We'll see from there. We're not thinking too far ahead. Here. Final question on Lopetegui. Does this change your opinion of Spain? Uh, see, it's, it's wild because I predicted Spain to win uh, in my bracket on this podcast yep. on Monday or whatever this dropped. And, I guess yesterday, yeah. I don't know. And I sent you the prediction I picked in Spain to win. I've been on a united front everywhere. Yeah. And I don't like changing because it feels like a cop-out. But I just... The thing for me was that there are there are clearly four good teams and one of them might miss out on the semifinals. But I think three of these of Germany, Spain, Brazil, and France will get to the semifinals. Yep. And from there, I, I really don't know what happens. I just picked Spain because I like their experience. Sure. I like their talent. But to me, at that at that level the margins are all razor fine like razor thin and it's everything little matters because any little thing can tip a game and i think that spades in-game tactical manage what suffers the players will play they'll be good this is a very good team but i think like you're gonna play brazil or germany when you need to make that adjustment when you need to make that adjustment yeah and bring on the right subs you know someone gets injured during the world cup injuries happen and you pick the right placements, I think that's where they're going to suffer the most, is when they need that little bit of managing. Like, the, you, the managers have to do something in a World Cup. There's a reason why these guys get paid to do stuff. Yeah. I, I think it'll hurt them. I Enough to change your World no, Cup I'm pick? not going to change my prediction because I I've like I made my prediction. Sure. It's, it's out there. But, like, we're after the fact now. I can say I feel really bad about it now. I feel yeah. like they're going to probably lose in a semifinal. I, again, I... I don't know how this is going to affect Spain. Yeah, and I also but, don't want to, like, this is something that, like, you know, we can fire off hot takes. Spain might beat Portugal by three. You're not going to hear me coming in saying, Hero is a savior. Like, it's going to, you're not going to know his job until he either wins it or he loses a knocker. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's it's certainly not a good omen for Spain, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a death knell. I think that's my takeaway yeah. from this. 
I still expect them fully to get to the semifinal. I just can't understand why you would do this, but we, we've already covered that. Just okay, great. Um, twenty twenty six World Cup hosting rights awarded today, and maybe <coughs> by a bigger margin than some expected, the United bit of the yeah. United States, they Canada, stole. and Mexico has won the rights to world, win the world to host the World Cup in twenty twenty six. Yeah, they stole some votes in uh, the African Confederation, which is why it was kind of a bigger margin than we expected. I mean, this is good in a lot of reasons. I do feel that as the World Cup grows in scope and stature and as public and governments learn that hosting major sporting events is not, like, an honor. Yep. Like, it's like a, it's not, like, a fun thing to do. There's a reason why, like, cities don't want to host the Olympics. Like, hosting the World Cup is hard. Uh, I think it's going to be really hard for these smaller countries to get it. And I feel bad for Morocco because... I'm sure it would have been great. Like, I would love for a new country to host it. But also, infrastructure-wise, there's no way you could look at Morocco versus this three-country front and make a fair campaign to say it would have been better. Yeah. I think it's going to be great that it's there. I, I really don't like this 48-team thing. That's yeah. my, that's my, that's where yeah, I we'll want to start. We'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. Let's not start there. Yeah. But, but that's, yeah. that's but on here's the where Here's where also where I'll start is that USA, man, they can't miss the World Cup in 2026. Because you can't miss it. it. Uh, in all things, you know, some small team in Africa or Asia should probably be upset that Canada's going to steal one of their bids. But that's kind of how it that's works. That's kind of how like, it works anyway. South Africa in 20, got one. Yeah, Russia. Yeah. And Russia wouldn't have qualified. Look, probably. Canada is... They're not terrible. Know. No, they're not terrible. They've not made a World Cup since sure. 1986. But there is a, a potential future that have, getting they, this could spur development for the game in Canada. They have a decent talent pool already, and I'm sure that they will be focused to try to get yeah. a respectable product on the field by then. So I have, I'm kind of caught in two minds of this. Um, it's exciting the fact that eight years from now, a World Cup will be played in a place that I currently call home. That's really cool. Copa America Centenario was a really cool experience for me. It opened doors that would not have been opened had that tournament been held anywhere else. Uh, if that tournament comes back in 2020, which the expectation is that it will, I'm excited for it because it's teams that I know and cover playing in places that I know um, and can access a lot easier than anywhere else. So I'm excited on that front, and it's pretty cool to think that you know Brazil could be playing not in my backyard, but somewhere that I can get to closely, and that all of these teams and all of this excitement that's currently <coughs> happening in Russia will descend on a place that I know. It'll be cool to see the sport get another kind of light under it um, from this tournament, which happened in 94, you know. the Many, many adults soccer. that we know have said, many people that we follow, grew up watching, cover the game, have said 94 was the reason why they got into it. So it'll be nice to see that happen again. Um, but it feels like this is a win for FIFA, and I'm not sure how I feel about FIFA right now. Actually, I know how I feel about FIFA. I don't, I don't think that, either of us like FIFA. I don't think FIFA has the best interest of football at its core right now. Infantino is not somebody that I'm particularly fond of. Um, and this was clearly the bid that FIFA wanted to win. I think FIFA did everything they could to make sure that this bid won. They scored it higher. They emphasized the profit that this tournament will make. And that There's, makes me feel a little queasy. Yeah, if you, if you look into, like, the stuff, like, why it, why they voted for it, why they rated it, one of the things they really harped on is that they think this tournament can make $3 billion. Because it will. Because it will. And ticket prices are going to be exorbitant. They're going to be astronomical, but yeah. people are going to pay it because, yeah, because it's, it's the, the World United Cup. States, too. And the World Cup isn't necessarily focused on accessible tickets. Yeah. Um, 
the broadcast rights that that they'll get, you know, in insane. the states have been awarded already for this tournament, yeah. but there's going to be a lot of there's ad gonna revenue be for there. Uh, and also the fact that just seeing this year what happens when the United States isn't playing, the fact that the United States and Mexico are playing at home will be huge yes. money draws. Yeah, yeah, it will be. And and look, I I get that. Yeah. FIFA has to make a profit because it can't do what it does if it doesn't make a profit. Yeah. But it felt like it put profit above everything else. And I don't know that that would have been what I emphasized in this bid. One final thing from me. I saw a lot of, of tweets and comments today saying that this is going to be really good for the infrastructure of the game here in the States. And I'm largely skeptical of that because kind of the biggest thing about this bid was we don't have to invest that much because the infrastructure is already there. The infrastructure is there because there's another sport here in the States that's very popular in American football. And you're playing this tournament <coughs> in American football stadiums. I don't know how much soccer in this country is going to benefit from an infrastructural perspective. Obviously, the added popularity is going to be huge, and I think that's something that you can't underestimate. But I don't know, you're not going to, any. no team is getting a new stadium from this World Cup. We'll see what training grounds look like. I think that's probably the, the point where you could see an infrastructural yeah. advantage. But I don't know that the right reaction to this is, man, think of what soccer infrastructure the U.S. is going to get from this. Because I don't think that's what this bit emphasized, and I don't know that they're that concerned with it. Yeah, I think that's a very good distinction to make. Because, like, it's not that we're saying that, like, thing, like the, the it's not going to benefit no, the game No, it's absolutely it's be going to benefit the game. the game. You know, youth development is going to be great. These facilities... I think, yeah, you have to look at... The big stadiums are all football stadiums. Right, and they're like, all, no, nothing yeah. is going to have any they're work gonna, done. They're going to have to put grass down, and that's going to be a whole thing in right. seven years, whatever, when we get there. But I think the interesting thing is the margins, like the, the trading facilities for the teams when they come trade here. I think you're looking at some top colleges that are going to really try to invest because like that's where teams like to trade in, right. in a quiet spot like that. I think some, MLS, yeah, some MLS teams will... Smart. I think the question is how smartly are they going to invest in their facilities and their development, and just like because if it's the way it is now, teams are going to come here in eight years. They're going to be like, oh great, this is America. The fields are huge, but like this isn't that good of a soccer place right. to be, right? Yeah, like it's not that it's not that good of a soccer place. Brazil was, you know, the facilities were good there. Everyone was good there. Russia is fine. Right, like yeah. it's, it's tough because we're comparing it to the best of the best, and like in England and Spain and Germany and France, where like every pitch everywhere is perfect. Right, but like I'm in, I'm just I'm just intrigued to see how yeah. that goes from that perspective. I'm I'm interested to see if the the youth game steps up, if the academies, the MLS step up, how MLS expansion looks by then. I think the MLS is a big winner of this. Oh, absolutely, they're a huge winner of this. I mean, that's it's kind of obvious to say they're getting a World Cup, but. They have a lot of work. I think if they do things right in the next eight years, they could be a good league with a lot of talent and a lot more fans. And, but like, and then they could get yeah. the post-World Cup bump from yeah. it. If MLS has gotten itself to a level yeah. by that point where it can sustain interest from yeah. the World Cup after I, the World I think Cup. That, I think now MLS is like setting their sights on 2026. Like, yeah. all right, that's our next target. Like, We have to be this big, this entertaining, this fun yeah, by then, and also level. be this stable, yeah, yeah, by playing. So yeah, I I think that 
we can go back to maybe the 48 team thing. I think neither you or I are excited about it. Look, I'm I not... I think it dilutes the quality and it makes qualifying, like... So here's my thing. I'm not terribly opposed to the idea of expanding the World Cup. I just absolutely detest the idea of three-team groups. I think three-team oh, yeah, groups bad. are it horrific. Makes, it makes I would much rather see, you know, 12 groups of four. I'd much rather see a 40-team tournament where you have eight groups of five. I don't mind expanding the tournament. I understand the motivations for expanding the tournament, and that's not where my criticism is. My criticism comes from the fact that three-team groups are absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I, I also them. don't like an expanded knockout round. Yeah. I, I like the knockout round at 16. If you... 24 even, like, it's it's tough. Yeah. Like, this, we can't turn this into March Madness. Like, sure. It's, it's... Being good in the qualifying has to mean something... Being good in the group stages has to mean something. Yeah, 32 teams making the knockout round from a pool of 48. Like, you see how it works in, like, the FA Cup? Like, crazy stuff happens. Yeah. And that's because it's the FA Cup, and we want that there. I don't think the World Cup should be veering towards that side of the, the mark- marketing. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, anything else on Lopetegui, on the United bid? Uh, also, I mean, it's just worth saying that, like, Mexico and Canada are getting 10 matches each. And yeah, it they are the reason why this bid went went through because, it, because just a plain United States bid, it's a murky time. It and also, Mexico had floated the idea of bidding against a United yeah. States bid, and so pull them along. Yeah. And everyone's happier that way. But we say United bid; it's a United States World Cup. There'll be some games in Canada and Mexico. Yeah, and hopefully there'll be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. It feels a little slimy, but. There's going to be a World Cup here, so in, sure. in like the end, like in no. eight years, you're not going to hear either of us complaining. Right, yeah, like, again, I, I get all that, but like I said, this feels like a win for FIFA, and I don't know how much winning I want FIFA to be doing right now. Yeah. All right, there's a game tomorrow at the World Cup. It starts. It starts. It's and been waiting so long. I know, we've been waiting so long for it, and then it just kind of burst upon yeah, us out just, of nowhere. Um, Russia, finally get some soccer. Right, we, we finally get an actual game <laughs> yeah. that counts and means something. And it's Russia, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, this is a match that benefits from being the first game. Because right. Because it's, in any other circumstance, a bad game. Yeah. These are two of the worst teams at the tournament overall. And really the only exciting thing is that Russia is hosting and you always like seeing the host team play the first match. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they win because it's fun when the host team does well. And Saudi Arabia is a team they should beat. But, like, these teams are both bad. The good news, I think, is what, what, if we get into this a bit, is that Saudi Arabia is not going to shy away from playing no, Russia. Saudi Arabia only knows how to play one way, and that's to go out and play. A lot of these players play in the Saudi Arabian top division. A lot of them have experience playing for good teams in the Saudi Arabian top division. They're almost all from the top three teams. They are not minnows in Asian qualification. And so that means that they know how to go out and play because that's what they do. And so they're not coming to a World Cup to shut up shop. They are coming to the World Cup with their third manager in the last year. That's Juan Antonio Pizzi. (laughs) Bert Von Marwick got Saudi Arabia to the World Cup and then did not want to move to Saudi Arabia to be their manager. So they parted ways. All right. In comes Edgardo, Edgardo Bausa. The former Argentine manager who got sacked as their manager for being bad in qualification, he takes over in September, and admit he lasts until November. <laughs> and Edgardo Bausa says, nope, I'm good. And so in comes another qualification South American failure, Juan Antonio Pizzi, who couldn't get Chile to the World Cup, 
Well, what do you know? He's going to the World Cup himself as manager I mean, of Saudi like, Arabia. Good for him. That's so garbage that he still gets to go. You can't get Chile out of that that group. Chileans are not pleased. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Um, couple questions for you about Juan Antonio Pizzi. And <laughs> One, how many matches of Saudi Arabian football had he watched before he took the job in November? I think zero, right? Like that's probably a safe like, bet. Like I don't I when 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 would he have watched one? Like literally the only thing you could think of is scouting this is for some point at you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him to make a video game like tangent here. This is when you play FIFA career mode as a manager and like you're starting your way up and the way it works is you get offered jobs that are like yeah. real real bad at first. Like yeah. you get small countries like New Zealand, like Saudi Arabia. Like, whatever, but you hold off to get a good one. If you, like, win a league or a year, okay, you get, you get like, Portugal. Like, good. You're So what he did is he he waited. He got a good job. Then he lost. He's like, oh, I need a job. Like, I can't, I can't <laughs> stay employed. He, like, checks his inbox, like, an unread message from, like, three months ago. Saudi Arabia, hey, you trying to manage our team? Like, and he was like, yeah, why not? I, he's never seen the play. The only situation in which I could have foreseen him seeing them play is while scouting Australia for last year's Confederations Cup. He yeah, maybe put okay. on an Australia-Saudi Arabia match. But that's the only scenario <laughs> in which he had ever watched them play. Second question. Does he know the names of his players? Does he now? I think I think he's got a translator with him, right? I think the translator knows the names of the players. <laughs> Does Juan Antonio Pizzi like know, know these players by anything other than their numbers? I was going to say, like, he probably knows, like, that dude's good at dribbling. The keeper is the keeper. <laughs> like, that dude's a striker. Like, I'm sure by now he knows, like, what they do and what they're good at. But, like, like, like there's a non-zero is there, chance is he doesn't know their names. What is his level of familiarity with these players? I'm going to say Absolutely it's low. Absolutely none. It had to be so low. I mean, it's just a weird situation to think about from everywhere and now he's at the world cup while chile's at home and he's on the biggest stage at the world cup managing in a group he could advance out of in a group which is not an unforeseen circumstance to see the saudis getting out of this group um they can win this game right 100 percent, they can win this game other than my secret conspiracy theory about this group is that there's no way Russia doesn't get through so there's four no, points four points from the Russians. there's no way saudi arabia, saudi arabia yeah. draw against egypt Lose close against yeah. Uruguay. Oh, yeah. second place. It's, it's a United States Vladimir way. Vladimir Putin smiles. It's the U.S. way of getting through a group. Yeah. Like, like I love Saudi Arabia. I just, I would be so shocked if Saudi Arabia wins this match. I can see a draw. Like, okay, it's a kind of a teams both settle. But I would be very, very surprised if, you know. Russia loses. South South Africa didn't lose their first no, game. No, 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 no yeah. host nation has ever lost their first match yeah. at a World Cup, at any World Cup ever. Yeah. I don't think it's going to start tomorrow. And I think, you know, Russia is not a good host nation, but they're not terrible. No, this is a Russia team that as yeah. well can absolutely get out of this group. Before we move on from Saudi Arabia to talk about Russia, I gave this stat on the preview podcast. But I have to run it back. Okay. You, at some point on whatever broadcast you watch tomorrow, whatever language you may be watching, might hear that Mohamed Al Salawi, Saudi Arabian striker, joint top scorer in qualifying. And you're going to say, you know what? That's a pretty good achievement. And you know what I'm here to tell you? Mohamed Al Salawi is a goal scoring fraud. So yeah. eight of his 16 against Timor Leste. Those do not count. I do not count those. 
I'm not of this. I do not believe in this. Look, Muhammad Al-Salawi cannot look, call himself all, joint top All four. I'm going to say is that whoever is doing the game notes for Saudi Arabia, whoever is their communications PR guy, is doing a great job. Yep. And these broadcasters... How many of these broadcasters do you think are going to bring it up? I would hope that you would recognize that maybe if you score eight goals in two matches that your team won by a combined 17 to nil, okay. they shouldn't be we'll, we'll review this on Thursday. When we record again, we'll, we'll do a little tale of the tape. How well do the broadcasters acknowledge where his I goals just, came I just from? want, if you're going to bring up that stat, yeah. I want it to be qualified with... Eight of them came against a team that then got kicked out of qualification because they tried to sneak some Brazilians into the squad who weren't from their country. I just want that to be out there. The goal shouldn't count. Yeah, the goal shouldn't count. Okay, Saudi Arabia, they're going to come play. They've got a dude that scores a lot of goals. Against Uh, Timor Lisch. It's not been going well for Saudi Arabia in their send-offs. The Germany match, though, there were positives. There were positives. Their defense got... Carved. Yeah, look, their defensive strategy appears yeah. to be quick, quick, step up, offside, offside, yeah. offside. It's a it's a really hard offside trap, and it's probably not going to work, work. They got blasted by three against Peru, who is solid. Two one against Italy could have gone worse. They beat Greece. That was not a real Greece team, though. They beat Algeria. Also, not a real Algeria team. Algeria is a, is is actually a good squad, but they did not. Bring they did their not players. bring their players. These were both domestic based. That was Saudi Arabia. Also had the longest pre World Cup of anybody. Yeah, they and they had their, they had the best, I think, set of teams they played. Like they did like j- scheduled joke friendly. Sure. Yeah. Um, they went to a training camp in Spain at the start of May, so they have been training together for weeks for these moments. So Green Falcons go. Sounds like a Power Rangers thing or something. Is uh, the Green Falcon a Power Rangers thing? No, but it just like Green Falcons go just sounds like Power Rangers go, which is not. Where At I some expected. point, we'll have to rank the the national nicknames. Nicknames, sure. Not not here, but um, I did not expect Power Rangers to make an appearance on this podcast today. But World Cup after dark, you never <laughs> know what's going to happen. So Russia, Iraq and Fayev, look. Even if Saudi Arabia gets through on goal, Igarak and Fave is not letting anything get by him. Don't. I, I, where are you coming up with this from? He's a good goalie. He's like, fine. No, he's a good goalie. Brazilian-born Mario Fernandes is there. Uh, he turned down a Brazilian call-up. <coughs> it's kind of controversial. Um, supposedly, fighter Smolov is somebody you should watch out for. Golovin Webb is good. And Golovin, the 22-year-old at Cheska Moscow, is somebody that I've seen circled in a lot. Look. Yuri Zirkov is old and was their best player for a while. He has some really high-level experience. If he plays, he could help. I think Russia is going to be interesting. They're going to come at Saudi Arabia. They're going to possess the ball for most of this game, and I think they're going to grab a few goals. So you think Russia wins? I, I've got a, I've got a 2-0 for Russia. 2-0? Yeah. Sleeping on Mohamed Al-Salawi, joint top goal scorer in qualifying, man. With Robert Lewandowski, that's high-level yeah. company. Yeah, I guess. I guess um, we'll, we'll have to see which one is better. <laughs> look, man, you just go go. Look, look you like I, the numbers. I stood by my take. If Saudi Arabia gets their shots off, Igarak and Faves not letting anything get by him, man. He's a good All keeper. Righty. Um, I don't know. Is this based it. off of me when, like, two years ago playing a season with Zenit in FIFA and being like, oh, this dude's really good? Andre Village Bowis <laughs> discarded from Tottenham managing Zenit St. Petersburg. Wow. Tottenham legend. <laughs> 
I see... Anytime you hear those words in this podcast... The... <laughs> also, we've lost a Stoke City legend. Ramadan has moved on to Huddersfield. He's gone really? to the greener... Really? He's already pa- gone? Yeah, he's gone to the greener pastures of the Premier League. Championship football, not appealing to Ramadan. Uh, uh, also probably not going to be appealing to Zerdin Shakiri or Jack Butlin, but... Mom Beerum Doofus. Mom Beerum sticker out. So Stoke is a World Stoke Cup Stoke will have a World player. Cup representative. Um, as for this match... I don't know. For whatever reason, I feel you're, like you're Saudi Arabia good. are going to win. You're feeling good. I feel like Saudi Arabia are going to win, even though I know that Russia, the host nation, this feels like kind of a boring one nil for them. I think Saudi Arabia win, and it is going to be the first of many bad predictions I give in this World Cup. You got to stick to your guns. Got to stick to your guns. I hope Green Falcons a, I hope, go. I hope there's it's one zero in the eighty seventh. There's a penalty for Saudi Arabia. My boy, your boy's through. Stops <laughs> Mohammed Al Salawi from scoring. Also. Uh, I have a Twitter list of all of the national team Twitter accounts. Yeah. Unquestionably, the worst is the Saudi Arabian English account. Yeah. It is very bad. It's very bad. They are trying hard, but they are not very good. It's all right. I'm sure their their native language, Arabic account is good. I'm sure it is. Um, there was a tweet that I was going to point out, but I can't find it again. But it was not good. But follow them, because you may find some, some good information. You probably won't. You'll just get a lot of pictures of them training, which they've been doing forever. That's what a lot of English accounts do. They like, love training pictures. Who wants to look at training no pictures? No one does. I don't need to see training pictures. Have you ever clicked on a training picture album? I did once, yeah. When like, a tandem player who's injured comes back. They, like, back with the lads at training. It's like Musa Dembele. He's got, like, a sprayed toe for, like, six weeks. I'll click on it and see if he's looking good. I don't know what to tell you. You're the type... No, I hate you. I hate you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of World Cup After Dark. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode, breaking down that opening match and then previewing the feast of football coming Friday and Saturday. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on Twitter and social media for all the latest from us. There'll be plenty of World yep. Cup content coming out. You can subscribe to you can World Football subscribe. Index podcast on iTunes. Yep. Get them delivered right to your... Mac device. And then just delete yeah. World Cup After Dark right from there. Easy yeah, stuff. You, yeah. Or listen. Yeah. We're, all, we're on SoundCloud. Also, I share this on our social feeds. Yeah. Yeah. So be sure to follow all the latest from us. There'll be a lot of content coming out during the World Cup. Thanks for listening and enjoy tomorrow. Go Green Falcons, go.